And now, here they are, the Beatles! Hi, I'm Justin Shears, and welcome to Only a Northern Song. In this series, I'll be exploring the words and the music of the Beatles, but not through the usual tracks that we all know so well. I'll be delving into my extensive collection of outtakes, home recordings and demos, alternate mixes and interviews, to shed some new light on lesser-known aspects of the Beatles' recorded legacy. By 1961, the Beatles' lineup consisted of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and George Harrison, with Stu Sutcliffe on bass guitar and Pete Best on drums. Best had joined the group in August 1960, and the band played regular shows at a number of venues in Liverpool, including the Casbah Club, which was owned by Pete Best's mother. Their manager, Alan Williams, had arranged for the band to play the clubs of Hamburg, where six hour sessions fueled by amphetamines were the norm. Late night shenanigans and the deportation of George Harrison, who was still underage, forced the band back to Liverpool in December 1960. But this was by no means a wasted trip. The band had developed the stage presence and musical skills that would see them rise to stardom less than two years later. The Beatles returned to Hamburg in April 1961 to play a residency at the Top Ten Club in the Reeperbahn, Hamburg's Red Light District. It was here that they occasionally backed Tony Sheridan, a fellow Englishman who was something of a self-styled Elvis Presley. When German producer Bert Camfort visited the club, he liked what he heard of Sheridan and offered him a recording contract with the Beatles to play as his backing group. By this time, Stu Sutcliffe was no longer playing full-time with the band and bass duties had fallen to Paul McCartney. The Beatles were now a quartet, but were largely anonymous for these recordings, going by the name of The Beat Brothers. The first sessions took place at the Friedrich Ebert Hall over the 22nd and 23rd of June 1961, with the band set up on the stage and recorded on a two-track stereo tape machine. The first track recorded was to be the single, a rock and roll version of a traditional song, My Bonnie Lies Over the Ocean. The group certainly put its own stamp on the song, including this rarely heard German introduction by Sheridan. Thank you. 
Tony Sheridan and the Beatles with My Bonnie. With the single's A-side in the can, the group recorded the B-side, again drawing upon a traditional number. Here is The Saints. With the single complete, Camford invited the band to play some original compositions. The first of these was a Tony Sheridan ballad called Why, complete with some exceptional doo-wop backing vocals by the Beatles.
It was now the Beatles' turn to offer one of their own compositions, a number credited to George Harrison and John Lennon. Beatle Bop, as it was originally called, began from messing around during rehearsals, but slowly crept into the Beatles' stage act from time to time. Once recorded here, there were suggestions from the band for a change of title. A toss of coin decided that the song would now be known as Cry for a Shadow, a tongue-in-cheek title drawn from the Shadow-style guitar licks employed by Harrison. The Beatles would not record another purely instrumental track until 1967. The following day, the Beatles and Tony Sheridan assembled at Studio Rahlstedt to complete their recordings. Tony Sheridan took the lead on a Jimmy Reed blues number called Take Out Some Insurance On Me Baby. Here's how it sounded. Take out some insurance. 
The next song tackled was another cover, this time an old country ballad by Hank Snow called Nobody's Child. Although he was not in the band at this time, Ringo Starr would later recall that he would sing this song to his mother as a child and make her cry.
To round out the session, the Beatles were asked to suggest a number that John could sing, and the Eddie Cochran arrangement of a jazz standard, which was the staple part of the Beatles' stage show, was chosen. An upbeat tempo, chugging guitars and a superb Lennon vocal marked a seminal moment in the Beatles' recording career. Here's the Beatles with Ain't She Sweet. As the Beatles were still contracted to Burt Camford, they needed to fulfil their obligations to him before they could move on to their own recording contracts. By early 1962, Brian Epstein was the band's manager, and he agreed to a deal with Camford which would see them released from their contract if they recorded with Tony Sheridan once more. So on the 7th of June 1962, nearly a year after their original sessions, the Beatles once again backed Sheridan at Studio Ralstead on yet another jazz standard. Here is the original and often unheard version 
of Sweet Georgia Brown. Let me tell you, well, no got made as woo, got the shade on Sweet Georgia Brown. She got two left feet, but oh so neat as Sweet Georgia Brown. They all cry, they even want to die for Sweet Georgia Brown. Let me tell you just why, you know I don't lie, oh, oh, oh. it's been said. She knocks them dead when she lands in town. Since she came, why, it's a shame now. My baby, she cooling down. Fellas, she ain't met. Oh, fellas, she can't get. Georgia claimed her. Georgia named her. Sweet Georgia Brown. Beatles and Sweet Georgia Brown. The reason why this version of the song is largely unheard is that another version is commonly used on early Beatles releases. Once the Beatles had become an incredible sensation throughout late 1963, Tony Sheridan entered the studio in January 1964 to re-record his vocal, with the second verse reflecting the higher status of his once anonymous backing band. Well, let me tell you, well, no chick mate could be the same as sweet George Brown. Crazy feet that dance and eat has sweet George Brown. Fellas sigh and even cry for sweet George Brown. I tell you just why, you know I don't lie. Oh, it's been said she knocks him dead in any old town. Since she came, why, it's a shame how she brings him down In Liverpool, she even dared To criticize the Beatles' hair With their whole fan club standing there I mean, sweet George Brown All right I say this group is absolutely marvelous for the piano, don't you think so? Not too commercial, boys, not too commercial. Well, when it comes to music, sweet Georgia knows her mind now. Don't buy clothes at fashion shows, but she still looks fine. Snap chicks cry, they wanna die when Georgia does a twist. I never would try to tell you just why. Use your imagination, there's a DJ crazy about her. In our hometown Since she came away It's a shame how She turns him down 
record that she can't get A record they ain't sent him yet Carolina who may have died about it Don't have Georgia Brown What's that sweet Georgia? Yeah, 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 and I mean brown, whoa, sweet Georgia brown. The Beatles looked back fondly on their time in Hamburg, as we can hear in this interview from 1964, once they had become an unprecedented phenomenon. Hello, this is Paul McCartney, guten Tag, fans in Germany, <laughs> that's good. Guten Abend, this is George Halsen, fancy Beatles. Und, und, und um, guten Abend, meine Freundin. Very good. Hello, this is Ringo Starr. <laughs> I don't speak German, you know very well. But you do a little, I think. A little, yes. Um, Spire and Bratkartoffel. <laughs> <laughs> Something more? Um, no, I don't think there's much more. Please tell me, Paul, what are you? Uh, uh, what food do you prefer? Or did you prefer when you were in Germany? Uh, Khrushchev auf Toast. Very <laughs> good food. <laughs> Wunderbar. Yes. Or, um, you never know, um, Rundstuck warm. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> Mamboschenke. That's the name of the place we, we used to eat. Or Haralds. Haralds Bar. Very good. Um, Schaschlik. Yeah, Schaschlik. And Cornflakes with Milch. <laughs> very good. Frühstück. And a Tasse Tee, bitte. Yeah. And and something else. What did you drink there? Oh, the same as in England. Tea. Yeah. <laughs> tea, ein Tasse Tee. Glass Tee. Ein Glass Tee, yeah. Entschuldigen Sie bitte. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> Blumen. Um, and um, whiskey. Whiskey mit Coca-Cola on mm -hmm. ice. <laughs> Uh, now, let's uh, have Ringo Starr uh, something about your experiences in Germany. If possible, you can use some German words, even uh, if you don't, uh, if no, you pronounce I'm them not quite correct. Doesn't matter. Not most of them, anyway. Well, um, I don't know. We had a good time. Nice place. Good club. You know, plenty of nightlife later on. So when we'd finished, we could go and watch someone else work, which was good. And um, plenty of drink. <laughs> Plenty of, I don't know. No, uh, Frauleins? Uh, Frauleins, sagt uh, Paul McCartney. Vielleicht können wir ihn mal etwas fragen über die Frauleins in Deutschland. Die sind sehr gut. Ja, wunderbar. Um, very nice looking. Very uh, modern. You know, most of the girls are modern. And um, they used to wear very good clothes. You know, I think they used to spend quite a bit. Gute Kleidung. Gute Kleidung. Viel Geld. Mit der Kleidung. They used to spend a lot of money on the clothes. Auf Kleidung, something like that. Spend money on the clothes. But they were very nice, you know, very nice people. The girls, especially. I, don't, I like girls anyway, you know. Mm, I do. Well, did, did you spend lots of money for girls? I mean, taking them out and so? What do you think? In Germany? Hmm? I don't think so. Most of the time we were working. Every night we used to work. Hmm. Im Star Club. Mm -hmm. And on top ten, on Kaiser Keller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How long have you been there in in Germany altogether? Altogether, I've been there about um, six months. I've been there. But but was this your real start? I'm not quite sure about it because 
yeah. of course in Germany everybody saying well they started their career in Germany is that true I mean you you have been popular before I think no well we did we did start off in England in Schottland we have in Schottland gespielt mit den Johnny Gentle he was good he's a good fella and then we had an offer to play um, for a fellow called Bruno Koschmieder in uh, Hamburg so we went over and we played there for about vier Monaten. Vier Monaten. And um, from there, you know, it started really. But we, d we, we were started in Liverpool before then. We, we had been playing in Liverpool before then. So it's not really true. But uh, I think the first big money we ever earned, you know, it was big money for us, was in Germany. So that, you know, that was one of the starts, sort of thing. But the real start was in Liverpool. Thank you for this talk, and you could say bye-bye. Dankeschön und Wiedersehen, meine Damen und Herren. Wir machen eine jugendliche Kontrolle. Wo ist die Ausweiskontrolle? Alle Jugendlichen unter 18 Jahren müssen dieses Lokal verlassen. 18 Jahre alt. No, ja, müssen dieses Lokal verlassen. Ja. Wir machen eine Ausweiskontrolle. Also, Wiedersehen, Wiederschön und, und Goodbye. Goodbye. Guten Abend, Norddeutscher Rundfunk. <laughs> the sudden and tragic death of Stu Sutcliffe from a brain hemorrhage in April 1962 meant that the band could never be the same again. The Beatles returned to Liverpool to steadily build a large local following and to seek the elusive dream of securing their own recording contract. Well, that's it for this episode. Next time, we'll be sitting in with the Beatles at the Star Club in Hamburg to hear how they developed the sound, which would soon make them unstoppable. Until next time, 